I want us to have church. Amen? I am sick and tired of doing the program and having to do everything a certain way to make everybody feel comfortable. I would like people to be comfortable praising Jesus. I want everybody who walks in these church doors to feel loved and know that they are loved and know that the Lord matters, means something to us. Amen, amen, and amen. I got a few amens. I'll amen myself. I don't need you to amen me. Mm. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. You know this verse. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. That's it. I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Time is precious. Father, I pray Lord, you are stirring my heart every day. It's not just week after week. It is every day. Lord, you've been giving me a personal revival now for some time. And it is stirring my soul. Thank you, Lord, for the good singing today. Help me now as I preach. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. During the night, Friday night into Saturday, I had a dream. And I want you to listen to me before you think I've done gone charismatic. Just listen to me. I had a dream. By the way, there is Steve Lilly sitting in church this morning. We wasn't even sure if he was going to live this week. And he is in church this morning, and he is fixed. Praise the Lord for that. Would you give the Lord a hand for that? His heart hasn't been in rhythm for eight months, and it is now. We praise the Lord. I was asleep Friday night into early Saturday morning. I don't know exactly the time, but I did. I had a dream, and in my dream, I was given three days to live. Shocked me because I feel great. In real life, I just had a physical on Friday. There's a couple of things that are just one point off. But other than that, I'm doing fantastic. And I got to do some things now because I'm pushing 50. But I have to do now. But I went to that physical and I told her, I said, I, said, I feel as good as I've felt in my life and for that night in the Saturday morning I had a dream that I was told I, um, I was told Monday tomorrow 
I'll be gone. I thought, how is that possible? Turns out, the doctor said I was sick. I didn't even realize it. Told me that there was something wrong, and I thought I knew I should have got that checked out years ago. But I feel great. And I woke up suddenly, sitting straight up in the bed. I just woke straight up. And I looked over to my wife, and I was, it, was, it was not a feeling of fear, it was a feeling of peace. You got three days, but it was peace. It didn't terrify me. And I know it's just a dream, and I know it's an irrational dream. But it got me to thinking, what if we had three days to live? If I have three days to live, and the Lord reminded me of Timothy, uh, Paul in Second Timothy chapter four. Paul wrote much of the New Testament. This is his very last letter. Obviously, he's writing it to Timothy. It's the second letter that we have inspired, recorded in the Word of God. To the preacher Timothy, he is son in the faith. Chapter 4 is the very last chapter that we have recorded for us to still read today in 2023. It's his last words. How many of you believe that your last words are important words? And I'm talking about something here. I'm not talking about being in a hospital situation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you're doing fantastic. And by Monday, everything could be different. And I was looking at the scripture here, and Paul, Paul is in his last days. He said in the verse that we just read, my departure is at hand. This is, the days are numbered, they're almost here. I realize that. And so what he has to say here is something that will help you and I. Because time is precious. The clock is always ticking. It's always ticking. And none of us reach the same age when the Lord calls us, when the Lord says we're done. That's all, the time is always variable. It always, it's different for every person. We don't know. And you can be perfectly, seem perfectly healthy today and everything be, you can be perfectly healthy today. And be gone before you go to lunch today. Time is precious. So what does he, in his last chapter, what does he do? What does he write? What does he say that ministers to us? And I wrote down these principles because in that particular moment, and, and God just using that 
to make the important things the priority. I read chapter 4, and I wrote down just a handful of principles that we're going to go through very easily, quickly, that I think can help us all. And the first is found in verses 1 through 5, and you'll see it on the screen. He takes the opportunity to encourage someone. He invests in somebody else. Let's read verses 1 through 5 together. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Now he's speaking to a young preacher. He tells them, be instant in season and out of season. Always be ready. You don't have to feel like it. You don't have to feel like being a Christian or going to church to do the right thing. You don't quit basing your life on how you feel today. In season, out of season. Ready or not, do what you're supposed to do. He says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned in the fables. Life is not always going to be easy. Life is going to be filled with many complications and problems, and it's not just for preachers. It's for everybody. Preachers aren't the only ones who have hard times. Everybody has hard times. We all face challenges. We all face difficulties at times. Paul's recognized, and he's not, he's not trying to tiptoe around that and say, oh, every day is going to be wonderful. He is saying, it is going to be hard. It is going to be challenging. There's going to be days where you want to quit. There's days you're going to just want to throw the towel. I just want to go to bed, say goodnight, and forget about it. There are going to be days like that. And Paul knew that. I mean, for crying out loud, he's going through it himself. But Paul is not playing his violin and saying, woe is me because I'm about to die. I'm about to lose my life simply because I'm a Christian and I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not saying, oh, I wish I would have quit a long time ago. I wish I'd have never gotten the faith. That is not his testimony. He is investing in someone else. And many times we spend our life looking at ourselves. Again, I'll say amen to myself. Amen, amen, amen. I know that is true. I'm guilty of it. We focus on ourselves, our problems, and woe is me. And Paul, in this moment, never talks about woe is me. He says, Timothy, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. But you cannot allow those things to keep you from living the Christian life and doing what you are called to do. Amen. Stop allowing how you feel or your emotions to determine the course of your life. He goes on, he says in verse 5, he says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, 
do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy ministry. Endure it. Deal with it. Not everybody in here is called to be a preacher or a pastor. I recognize that, but you have a calling in your life. Fulfill it. You have a ministry. Fulfill it. You're not just a school teacher. You're, a, you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Fulfill it. You're not just an engineer. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Do those jobs and do them very well. But every one of us should live every day for the cause of the gospel and the cause of Christ. Make full proof of your ministry. Endure the hard times. Endure the challenges and the difficulties. Face that. And Paul is just saying, listen, let me encourage you with this. I'm going to give you a little bit of advice, a little bit of wisdom he's saying there. You can do this. Encourage somebody. Send them a text. Try to send someone every day. Try to send someone an encouraging text. It'll change your life. Send somebody an encouraging text. Make a phone call. Thinking about you today, love you. You don't have to keep them very long. Don't have to spend a lot of your time. It'll make a difference in the world. Pick up a pen and write a letter. We can still do that. Or type it <laughs> and send it. Spend your days encouraging somebody. When your time is up, may somebody say, they were such a help to me. They were such an encourager to me. They were such a blessing to me. I still got that card. I still got that letter. Secondly, leave no doubt. Look what he says in verse 6 through 8. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Does that sound like somebody who doesn't, is not sure if they're going to go to heaven? Absolutely not. Some people say, well, you can't know for sure. He, he seemed to know for sure. He wasn't worried about purgatory or anything else like that. He seemed to know that everything was all right. What a difference it'll make in your life if you know whether it's today, this afternoon, tomorrow, a week, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what a difference it'll make in your life if you know that you have such a relationship with Jesus Christ only because Jesus Christ loved you. You had a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ that you could hold your head up and say, I'm ready. I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm ready. I don't have to be told it's three days from now and now suddenly God is important. Now I want to go to church. Now I want to get in the Bible. Suddenly I'm ready to prepare myself. How about living your life every day that you're ready? I'm ready. He could say that confidently. He's been saying that for 2,000 years now. I'm ready. My departure's here. I'm, 
Listen, you ain't got to worry about me, Timothy. I know where I'm going. It's all taken care of. My sins are under the blood of Jesus Christ. I know that I've been forgiven. I know that I am saved because the Bible said, as, I, as he wrote it, inspired by the Holy Spirit, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say, I'm a sinner. Paul was some kind of sinner. Paul had you and I, people like you and me tortured and killed. That's a sinner. And now here he is, this side of Calvary. Here he is. Blood washed, sins forgiven, faith in Jesus Christ. I'm ready to go. You know, that's the best thing you can leave your family. Best thing you can do for them. This ain't the last time I'll see him. There's coming a day. When those sorrows shall come. There'll be no more clouds in the sky. There'll be no more tears that dim the eye. All will be peace forevermore. As we stand on that golden shore, what a day that will be. Don't leave any doubt. And I want to encourage you this. Have no doubt about your loved ones. What, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for the moment we get that news? Go love them. Tell them. Tell them about Jesus. Leave no doubt. Thirdly, don't waste another second. Don't waste another second. He says in verse 9, he writes to Timothy, he says, Do thy diligence to come to me. Get after it. Don't slow poke it. Don't stop at the store. Get here. Get here. As soon as you can, get here. Don't, we waste so much time, don't we? Amen. Every Sunday morning at 9.30, my phone updates me how much I've been on it. I don't have time, preacher. In two weeks, you'll have time. I don't know when Auburn plays, but I know Bama plays at 6 o'clock on Saturday night. I don't know what I got planned, but I'll have time. Tell me I'm lying. We make time for what we want to make time for. Don't waste time. Say, well, we're going to eventually sit down at the table together. Make time for it. Well, we're always busy. We're all going different places. You've got to eat somewhere. You might not be able to do it every day, but make time. You come home in the afternoon. I know you worked hard all day. I know that you're tired and you're weary. But one day, those kids are going to be out of the house. And right now, they want your time. Make time. I don't, I, I don't have time. I don't, I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to do this. All these things. I don't have time, preacher. I, I can't serve in this ministry because I don't have time. It's too hard. Make time. 
He's saying, he didn't even ask Timothy, I don't know what you're doing. He, he didn't even ask him, what you got going on? What, what's happening in your life? Do you have time to come see me? Because I'm about to be gone. He just says, make every effort you can to get here. Do the ideal just to come. Don't waste another second. Fourth, forgive. Forgive. Don't wait until the funeral to forgive. That's when it usually happens. And people are broken and you hear people just scream and yell while they're crying because it's too late. There's things that you want to say. There's forgiveness to be asked for. There's forgiveness to be given and it's too late. So why not forgive now? Stop carrying around that burden. Stop carrying around the weight that is dragging you down. I'm not going to talk to them because they did me wrong. Get over yourself. Get over myself. My feelings are hurt. Get over it. Well, they won't forgive me. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not asking you to do that. Paul didn't ask them to forgive him. He forgave them. Read with me. Verse 10. He's got some things to say because he's got some hurts. He says, for Demas hath forsaken me. Somebody will forsake you. So, you can read in different parts of the Bible where Paul has great things to say about Demas. There are people that walk very close to you that at some point will hurt you. Amen. Amen, preacher. They'll, they'll hurt you. The truth is you're going to hurt them too. You probably hurt somebody. I probably hurt somebody. No, I have. They'll hurt you. Demas hath forsaken me. That hurt him. It cut him. Go on. He says, Demas hath forsaken me, loving, having loved this present world. He's departed unto Thessalonica. He mentions Christians to Galatia and Titus and to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. He says, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. You know, Paul hadn't said anything about Mark since Acts chapter 15 when Barnabas wanted them to take Mark with him and he says, no, I ain't having it. We took him one time and he left us. He forsook us and went back to Jerusalem. I'm not taking that scoundrel. He's a quitter. I don't really like him. I'm not giving him a second chance. He hadn't mentioned him again until the last, last few words, and he says, Would you bring Mark with you? Because that fellow, he is a blessing. If you, got, if you got three days to live, it'll change the way you feel about people. If you live as though time is precious, it'll change the way you feel about people. Some of you's got hardships with your parents. Maybe they, got a lot to, maybe they got a lot to be forgiven for. Take that, get rid of that burden. See somebody with some value. Forgive them. 
I, I would imagine, and I'm just going by what I know, if when Timothy went to Mark and said, listen, Paul's asking for you. Paul's asking for you. He wants you to come with me. This is my son. I imagine that'll be a huge weight lifted off of him. He, know, he, he knew he messed up. He knows that. He knows he messed up. You don't have to tell him. You don't have to remind him. He knows it. And he tried to make it right at one time, but we were too stubborn to accept it. Paul, give me another chance. Let me back in. Let me, let me in the game. Let me back in the family. Come on, let me. No! Our stubbornness won't allow it. No! You're a quitter. He didn't quit. He wrote the Gospel of Mark. He didn't quit. Listen, they don't have to have our forgiveness to go on with life, but it sure would help them. He don't know what to do. My boy, you like it when I forgive you, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. And you like it when I come to you and ask you for forgiveness, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my other son? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding with you. You can go back and sit down. Sometimes as a dad, I have to ask for forgiveness to them. I've got to ask Christy for forgiveness. What is so hard? What is so bad that you can't reconnect? That you can't forgive and move forward? He goes, let's just read, read, read. I'm on. Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. What's he saying there? The Lord can take care of it. Yeah, he did wrong, but God can take care of it. I'm going to quit worrying about it. I'm going to quit living with that and carrying that burden myself. I'm just going to give it to the Lord. He did me much evil. He really did me wrong. The Lord can take care of that. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to forgive him and move forward. God can take care of it. How, how do you know that? Well, read verse 15. Or verse, uh, Oh, I'll read verse 15 and then get to verse 16. Of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. We tried, but he refused. So we're just letting you know, be careful with him. But God can take care of it. Verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Who else said that? Jesus, thank you. Jesus said that on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And here's Paul in his last days, and he's saying, listen, I don't know why, I don't know what they're doing. Don't hold it to them. Don't, don't hold it against them. I forgive them. Forgive! Last verse. Verse 17. Fulfill your purpose. Why did God put you here? God put you here for a reason. 
God has a calling in your life. He has something for you. Fulfill it. Don't leave this life unfulfilling what you were put here for. For Paul, we know what his was. He says in verse 17, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. <sighs> Sounds like Paul wanted everybody to know. Doesn't it? That all may know. The Lord stood with me and he helped me. He delivered me. He's going to get me through this. And then the rest of the chapter, he's closing up with some closing statements. And he mentions people by name. I'm sure that encouraged them to see their name right there. Time is precious. Encourage somebody. Invest in somebody. Stop looking at the mirror and seeing all your troubles. Look at somebody else and help them get through theirs. Invest in them. Encourage them. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. Don't waste another second. Leave no doubt. Don't walk out of this church today and not know Christ is your Savior. Stop wasting time. Do those things that are important because you're not guaranteed the next second. Forgive and fulfill your purpose. Live like you only have three days to live. Love others like they only have three days to live. Let's bow our heads and pianists come.